Hey everybody, it's Lucas. And this is Tamaran, aka Hyalette. This is Chambers, aka Nutty in Paris. And this is Thanks for Playing, the podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. We're not doing the Yelp. Just just so we're clear. Matt's okay. not here. No Yelp. We're we can't take that Yelp. away from okay, our boy. Cool. That's his thing. <laughs> yeah. um, hey, everybody, thank you for joining us this week. Uh, we got a pretty exciting little topical news episode and an interview at the very end. And um, fortunately, Matt couldn't make it. He's actually traveling, but he'll be uh, joining us again this week. But hey, we got Timuron, we got Chambers here joining, and we have a... hasn't been the fastest news cycle in the last couple of weeks. Really, there hasn't just been a ton. It's funny, as we're, like, as of today... Tomorrow, there's actually going to be a Breath of the Wild sequel, which Tears of the Kingdom, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, 10-minute showcase by Nintendo. So that's happening tomorrow morning. Um, Probably do some sort of reaction or tweet about it or something like that, but we won't be able to tackle it on today's episode. But very excited about that. Um, I know we got some uh, pretty interesting things that have come up outside of video games that we're excited to talk about. But first, what have we been playing? What have you been watching? I'm really curious. Um, I feel like I haven't caught up with you guys. Chambers, I know you've been modding the hell out of Smash Brothers and Mario Kart, which has been great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. Timuron, what you've been uh, playing, what you've been watching? Um, the biggest thing I've been playing lately since I finished Hogwarts was getting through the Destiny grind. So I got through the Legendary campaign, which was super fucking hard. So shout out Orion. We did it together with our mutual buddy, Jeffrey. And the last boss is notoriously known for being really difficult for no reason. Like super bullet sponge, super damage like spam. So Orion and I found a way to cheese the last boss of like this supposedly nice. like epic campaign by hiding under a Damn. staircase where nothing could touch us, but we could shoot out of it. <laughs> so, so this so is, this is the Destiny can. The, DLC this is that the, came out, right? Yeah, so expansion. this is the conclusion of the main story of the latest expansion, Lightfall. Um, so I've been sick. So I've been I've just finished the story. I'm working through post game and just kind of getting back into the grind. I haven't played Destiny literally in months because I was getting tired of it, but Bungie knows how to throw the lasso and freaking grab me by the neck and drag me back in. So now, are. now, are you ready to uh, give us your thoughts on the overall uh, campaign, or you want to save that for later? Um, I'll do like a TL, TLDR. Uh, but I'll, yeah, I'll save my longer, on that I'll one. Save my longer it, thoughts. Yeah. The campaign sucks ass. I will be super <laughs> honest. It's not a riveting story. It's not a riveting story, which was really it cool. The, it looks cool. It looks trailer looked fun. No, that's why so many people in the community were like disappointed because the premise looked hype. Like everyone was expecting this dark, moody setting, but it's so we got like this very neon, kind of futuristic, almost cyberpunky vibe. But the story, we're chasing a MacGuffin the entire time, and it's not explained why we're doing anything we're doing. So it's just like, you know, the person that is invading the area you see in the trailer, like that's supposed to be the big bad. Like this is a culmination of like eight to nine years worth of lore. And the story was maybe five, six hours total um, with gameplay. So it's just, that's it. Yeah. Oh man. So Bungie promised like, we're going to get like follow-ups to the story in each of the seasons. But as it stands today, it, it kind of sucked. But the gameplay is sick. They launched a new subclass called strand so that's been really fun to play uh they made a lot of good quality of life updates so the game is still worth playing purely from a gameplay standpoint but for story do people still do they still fuck with pvp 
in that game? Yeah, somewhat. Um, PvP has been one of the criticisms for the latest um, expansion just because they haven't added a lot to it. Like, we're still waiting on new maps, but they did good, like, they did oh, updates man. with match, how matchmaking works. So, Orion and I were actually That's grinding good. a little bit of Iron Banner this past weekend as well. So, so it's gotcha. still worth so playing. Question. Qu jury's out, though, for the entire, I guess, question. year. Yeah. For the Destiny fans out there that are listening to the podcast, what's your favorite Destiny expansion slash DLC? Um, I haven't played super long. I've only been in for about a year and a half, but I think Witch Queen, because the story was actually really sick in Witch Queen. Like, there's a lot of crazy okay, turns and like foes become allies. So I think that's why this Hopefully one was so disappointing. You didn't make too many people mad saying that, but they we'll can see. come out and we'll see what that hot is. We'll know where to find me by the end of this episode. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not quite sure the, of the Destiny community's opinions on things, popular or not. So we'll see if that is a popular or unpopular opinion. But um, Chambers, what you been playing? What you been watching? Yo, so a um, little life update. I did get in a car accident a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So because of that. You're, you're totally okay. Everything is I fine. am okay. I am okay. talking right now. I have a whole body cast on. Oh, stop. Um, stop. No, you look good in the cast, buddy. I'm I'm fine. <laughs> I'm I didn't break anything or whatever. But because of that, I stayed home most of last week and I went ham modding Mario Kart and Smash Bros. I got Will Smith as Ganondorf. Uh it's pretty sick. <laughs> it's the greatest uh, thing I've ever I put yeah, honestly it, it takes a lot of time to like mod every character in that game and I don't I don't know if I recommend going through the trouble to do it all, but it's 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 really funny. Um, Can you tell the people what happens when you're playing as Will Smith slash Ganondorf and you are punching somebody? Oh yeah, yeah. When you hit his neutral B, um, which is like his really slow, powerful attack, um, he yells like, "Keep my wife's name out your fucking <laughs> mouth." And, and, when he says mouth, it, it loops in perfectly like when he hits the punch. So it, it's it's perfect. It, it feels really good to get a KO with him. That and then so that's incredible. His dude. victory fanfare is like one of Will Smith's rap songs from like when he was first a rap artist. So Oh, that's, nice. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've been doing that. Uh Yesterday I was playing Diddy Kong Racing, which is a Nintendo 64 kart racing title. Um, I had never, I didn't know about it until I started looking more into like older kart racing games, and that shit was slept on, man. That it, it is, yeah. What's going on there? It's good. Yeah, it is good. It I would compare it. It's closer to like Crash Team Racing than Mario Kart. Um, in the way that it has like a kind of campaign that you run through and the the kart racing mechanics are really tight and there's because it's a it's a rare where uh, produced game um so good people behind it um, well back when rare I, was really sick yeah when it was sick like there's ban banjos in the game yeah that's um, tight yeah and you can fly planes they got hovercraft for like water races um Definitely, if you're into like emulating older games, upscale this shit in 4K and play it. it it's <laughs> it's honestly worth a shot. Yeah. Okay, love that, love that. And um, you got a little project going on for thanks for playing with that game too. So I'm very excited to hear more yes. formal reporting on that one in the future. Um, really cool. Uh, 
I got a couple here that um, I've been playing and watching. I think the main thing I'm excited about is Succession season four just premiered last night. Oh yeah. Uh, you guys don't watch? Do you guys, either? Of you guys watch that show? I didn't watch all of the seasons. Okay. Uh, it's on my two watch characters list for sure. Okay. Highly, highly, highly recommend. I think it's really like, it's just one of the best shows on television. I mean, it's like just formally, you know, with all the Emmys that it's won and stuff and just the amazing cast, but it's super, super dark and super, super funny. Like I, you literally go from like in, a, in any episode, like just laugh, laughing out loud. It's really, really funny. And then you're just like a scene can hit you and you're just kind of like tearing up and crying with like the, the intense drama. So it's really, it's just in a really cool zone, um, very prestige television. Um, and then I have been playing a lot of Magic the Gathering Arena. I just hit Diamond oh, yeah. for the first oh, time. Yeah, I watched uh, some of your stream. Oh, day. yeah, and I streamed it. I streamed it. I got five viewers when I streamed it on Twitch. It was my Shoot. first time streaming, really. Okay, big um, time. So that was cool. Um, I redid my my Twitch account, so uh, more TFP branding on there, and I kept plugging the podcast, so hopefully we got a few listeners off that. Um, but yeah, Road to Diamond. I think I'm actually going to start streaming pretty consistently for Magic. Um I built a deck that nobody I've seen, and this isn't me like tooting my own horn or anything, but I built a standard okay. deck that I haven't seen anyone else run. And it's basically, Timuron, you'd, you'd appreciate this. There's a haste. There's a there's a card called Devilish Valet from uh, Streets of New Capenna, and he's a 1-3 with haste trample. And anytime a creature enters the battlefield, you double his power. So if three creatures enter the battlefield, he's an 8-3. And if four creatures enter the battlefield, he is a 16-3. And if five creatures enter the battlefield, then he is a 32-3, which is just enough to kill someone on that turn. So if you do the correct setup, you can basically have like five creatures enter the battlefield with like anvils and sorceries for like a couple mana. And he'll swing. I've swung for like 64 on turn six and just like people tap out. They don't expect it because like nobody expects haste <laughs> in Magic the Gathering no. standard like ever. Uh. So, um, I there's like a been, meta that everyone's kind of anticipating and that's not part of it. Yeah. So there's like currently in the meta, there's like a few decks. There's a, in every magic, the gathering standard meta, there's something called red deck wins, which is just mono red. It's like very fast decks. Every single yeah. turn, they're just swinging at you with everything. My yeah. deck that I made is not exactly that. It's more like surprising turn four, turn five lethal. Um, which is just a slightly different rhythm than a lot of people are playing. So usually by turn three or four, people think that they're safe. So they'll play as if there's nothing, no creature that they have to kill. And uh, usually okay. right now, turn four, if you're playing against a black deck, which is the, the color that I'm running, there's a card called Shieldred the Apocalypse. Timuron, I know you know what I'm yeah. talking about. That's the common turn four play that people play, that, that certain card. And I just don't play that card. I just, I just go for lethal like right away. So... It's been working. It was a really fun stream. I got a new follower, so I'll definitely be streaming a little bit more. Um, and yeah, I've been playing Me Metroid Prime Remastered for the podcast, and I also downloaded Re the Resident Evil 4 remake, so that's been really fun. Um, oh, cool. I just I just started the Resident Evil 4 remake. It got a 10 on IGN, and I loved Resident Evil 4, and I'm pretty impressed with it so far, so I'm digging it. Dang. That's sick. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Let's uh let's let's hit some of the news that we got here. Uh Timuron, you want to kick us off with one of your headlines? What you got? Sure. Um I'll start one on I guess on a more somber note. So, in case something you know you didn't hear, uh the incredible Lance Reddick passed away about a week and a half ago on Friday the 17th. 
R.I.P. Um, you likely yeah, have seen in him peace. in Rest in Peace for sure. So if his name sounds familiar, it's because he's been in a lot of different things. Most notably, he was on HBO's The Wire. He was the hotel concierge on, I think, Karen in the John Wick series. And he was also like big mm -hmm. in the gaming community, too. He voiced a prominent character in Horizon Zero Dawn. I haven't played the game, so I don't remember the character right off the top of my head. But since we're kind of talking about Destiny, this actually worked as a segue. He was a huge, huge presence in Destiny. So he voiced, uh, he voices Commander Zavala, I think from the very start of this series. And Commander Zavala is like this very stoic, like moral center. Everything like is for the good of the light, the good for humanity. And, you know, like his death hit the Destiny community really hard from what I observed. So... He was an avid player. He engaged with the fandom a lot uh, when he was, you know, when he was alive and actively playing. He was actually playing Destiny the night before he passed, which somebody Whoa, actually found wow. his username and saw like the last login was like the evening before. And wow, yeah, dude, it's just super, super sad. Like he did things like community, like the community would write like meme scripts and he would read them just for shits and giggles. I didn't know he was that involved with, yeah, with he, the community like that. He's That's one awesome. of those like voice actors that really loved and embodied the character he played and really like engaged with the material that he was a part, like he helped create. Like his character is one of the most pivotal characters in the entire um, series. So it was just yeah. like, you know, it hit the community hard. I haven't played that long and even I was like, holy shit, like Commander Zavala, like our dude, like, he passed, um, but it was really cool to see kind of the community rally um, in the days after. So I, there's a there's a place in the game called the Tower, which is like the social hub of the game, and that's where Zavala is like is standing. It's like you Lumbridge. Can, I don't know that <laughs> reference. That's a RuneScape. That's a RuneScape Rune, reference. Runescape. Oh, okay, okay, that was super. I get it. I get you, Chambers. Sorry. So yeah. continue, yeah, Tim. It's Sorry just for like that. Chambers rudely talking about no, RuneScape. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. Um, <laughs> But there's like the part where Zavala like stands, you can access him as a vendor, vendor, buy bounties, buy weapons, all that stuff. And throughout the weekend after he passed, there would literally be like as many people that can fit into tower at one time, either kneeling or doing some type of respectful emote, um, hugging emotes, saluting emotes. Like there was a lot of love shown wow. for this character and this actor that I feel like. I don't know if like it would hit the same or we'd see something equivalent in other in other like gaming communities. So it was like just really sad, but it was also really cool to see like so many people celebrating the same person. Um, his wife actually posted a thank you specifically to the Destiny community on his Twitter after he passed. And to my knowledge, there really wasn't any other message going out to any other community. So it just shows how much of the fabric he was in this gaming community. So it's really sad. Um, I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with the character because depending on who you talk to, you know, they're talking about sunsetting the character, giving him a really epic kind of finale. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Um, a couple articles, and I think Bungie came out saying that he's voiced enough dialogue to be, you know, for the character to be included in the future season. So, you know, that's going to be the big question mark over the next year is how are they going to send off this really incredible character and man behind the character. So, yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's good. I, that's man. That's a, uh, that's pretty touching. Honestly, I feel yeah. like, um, 
you know, in, in MMOs, there's a lot of precedent for it because it's happened in World of Warcraft where um, certain members of the team, um, creative team or oh. actors have like passed. And usually, I mean, the, the proper thing is sometimes sunsetting that NPC or creating a memorial for them in game and sort of immortalizing their either their likeness or, you know, their character that they played in some sort of way. So I wouldn't be surprised if that ends up happening with Destiny. Um, I'll tell you what I don't want. And one thing that is really, I think, gotten pretty rough as the years have gone by is like, hopefully they don't take his dialogue that he's created or like use AI to generate even more out of his character. Oh, that would be weird. Because that's like, you know, literally that's what happened like with Star Wars and like Princess Leia and stuff. I just, I'm really not okay. I'll, I'll just go out and say it publicly. I'm just not okay with like, you know, people who have passed away, their likeness being used over and over again, no. you know, and I, hopefully that doesn't happen here. with this guy. I, it sounds like there's a lot of class here. Um, Tim Ron, you probably make, have a better call about the destiny folks and Bungie, but um, the classiest thing is definitely to sunset Zavala um, in general, maybe after they use what, what all the work that he's put in, but I mean, incredible community pillar there. Sounds yeah, like. I, 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 I think Bungie's going to do the right thing, sunset the character and, a really honorable, I think very Commander Zavala kind of way. Because um, we're also at the part of like the saga and Destiny in general where they're starting to kill off some big characters that have been a part of the lore since the beginning. So we're at like, mm-hmm. kind of like the episode six like finale era of the Light and Dark saga. So I think they have ways to be super respectful like to Zavala, Sunset the character, because... Yeah, I completely agree. Having AI replace somebody that was like flesh and blood, giving life to a character is just knowing that it's a machine behind it at that point is just going to be just bad juju for me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. All right. Well, Chambers, headline, what you got? All right. Throw it at us. Okay. I'm going to not say the depressing headline that I had. after that one <laughs> let's let's go to so, a higher note here we'll do um fucking uh, multiverses is shot oh that was mine i had i had oh, that one okay i'll get i can give you give you one after or something no no wait how's that but, not a sad headline you think that's that's a high I note who, i don't know i thought that game was kind of lame but um <laughs> who i i I Hot get Mickey's why they shelved really it. Pissed. I know he is, but who played that game besides Hot Mickey? Yet? Nobody. Um, that's a good point. <laughs> and that's why they shelved it. Because I mean, apparently, uh, Fall Guys basically did the same thing. Um, like they had a a really shitty initial rollout, and we're like, oh, it's beta, so we're bringing it uh, back off the shelf, and we're gonna we're gonna work on it, and then have a new you know marketing rollout and everything. In the future um so um i don't know hopefully they do something that gets more people to play the game because yeah it, it it had a lot of hype and it died off very quickly yeah, I remember um that. yeah apparently 99 yeah. of its player base is gone from when i saw that started out <laughs> that is yeah. the most insane headline i've ever yeah, seen that's rough um yeah, it's it's by one metric. I mean, if we look six months after the beta full launch, um, and we're looking at very specific platforms, um, looks like you know Steam databases, then we can see that it, there's been about a ninety ninety nine percent drop off rate, okay. according to uh, Polygon, which is pretty nuts. Um, and um, I, I have a quote here from uh, the CEO and co-founder of the Multiverses developer, uh, Player First Games. Uh, he said, we'll be reworking the progression system based on your feedback and looking at new ways for you to connect with your friends 
in the game. Um, pretty generic reasoning, honestly. It's yeah. not like, I mean, he's not going to go like, yo, too many of you dropped off, so we got to rework our marketing <laughs> strategy. Like, he's not going to, no one's going to say something like that. It's really going to be no. like, hey, we're taking a look at this and we're taking a look at that and like we're taking your feedback and blah, blah, blah. I, I actually, full confession, I did buy the Founders Pass on this one. I think I paid 40 bucks and I put it oh, down shit. like an hour after playing the game. It was, I don't think this is a good game. I'm sorry, Hot Mickey, if you're listening now. 40 bucks for one hour yeah. of gameplay is rough, bro. Now that yeah, the that actual, was probably the worst ROI I've gotten. The <laughs> actual fighting mechanics, did they, did they suck for you? Yeah. I mean, the net code was bad. I tried to play online and I was, I was hardwired in and it was really terrible. Um, I did not like the just movement in general. I think it was just like super, super unpolished. I think it was trying to be like, it was trying really, really hard to be like a modern sort of, you know, high movement option mm -hmm. platform fighter. You know, yeah. like Rivals of Aether, obviously Super Smash Brothers, Super Smash Brothers Melee specifically is like takes a lot of cues from that. And I don't know. I just think it it just doesn't quite work with the engine as well as it should. It's like really hard to kind of pinpoint what what the problem is. It could be as simple things as like, you know, when a character lands in Smash, like a little dust cloud pops up and there's like a little particle yeah. effect and it and yeah. the character lands, they kind of bend their knees and they feel like they're landing like multiverses didn't even i don't even feel like it really had a lot of that kind of stuff so characters just look like they were kind of floating and moving weird um i don't know if they ever fixed that since i played it several months ago um kind of wish hot mickey was on this episode but i'm sure he'll update us in the discord yeah so yeah man rough rough times so, so that was my, that was my uh, headline did you have another one uh, i was gonna sidestep along with that does anybody still play that nickelodeon fighting game no, oh. there was a Nickelodeon one that came That's out. Right. Nickelodeon like All Star All Brawl or whatever. All yeah, yeah, and it didn't even have voice lines. Like, That's dude, right. yeah, that game was rough. Or any oh of the God, Nickelodeon yeah. music from like any of the shows too, right? Yeah, yeah, it basically just had the the character models, and that was it. Yeah, you might as well have modded Mario Kart and put SpongeBob in it, right, Chambers? Yeah, which I have done, and he <laughs> has voice lines, so you should do that. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. yeah it's super did you guys you guys remember um playstation all-stars dude that game sucks so bad dude it's what is what is a fighting game it was a platform fighter for playstation it was their answer to smash yeah and it, it was so good. bad it was crazy what about the there was a shrek one too for like the playstation 2 was um, it a platform fighter like a, yes it was super i can't tell you what the name of it is <laughs> Shrek Bros. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do a deep cut for you guys. Have you guys ever played? It's kind of a platform fighter, I guess, technically. Have you guys ever played Beautiful Joe Red Hot Rumble? I know. The I know. Idea, I, I, I hear it's pretty game. sick. That yeah. game kicked ass. Well, Beautiful Joe, I think, is a super sick series that I hope to do for oh. the podcast one of these days. But did you guys ever play those games? Yeah, the, like no, the mainline games, right? I have that skin modded. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mainline ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, you had skin mod. Sorry, say that again, Chambers. You had. I have that. You I have a beautiful uh, Joe skin modded onto uh, Captain Falcon in Smash. Okay, that's sick. that's sick. I do remember seeing that. Yeah. Uh, beautiful Joe is really cool. I, Chambers, so you've never played 
the games before you just no it, it. Okay. I, it was just cell shaded i thought it looked cool so, so the concept is uh you are you and your girlfriend at a movie there's a capcom game it's like super outlandish and cartoony and stuff and it's early like gamecube playstation 2 game um you're at the movie theater with your girlfriend and like the evil like it's like you're watching a Power Rangers type movie where there's like an evil giant robot and he reaches out of the screen and grabs your girlfriend and takes her into the movie world. So <laughs> you have to go into the movie world as Joe and you like enter this movie world and the main hero of that movie series is named Captain Blue and he like bestows the powers that he has onto you and you become beautiful Joe and you're like oh, fighting sick. mechanics are slow-mo and fast-mo for yeah, the most part because so you're in a movie so you're and there's also zoom in so like zoom in is like another one and you use like sound effects as weapons in that game and like you know you're in a movie but no one else knows that you're in a movie so you're fighting these monsters that like are Main just character syndrome yeah yeah exactly yeah. and it's like it's it has so much style because beautiful joe he's just like a super cocky super stupid like meathead type guy and he's just constantly like he literally is just like trying to style on on people that's like his character so he's like constantly just like that's badass that stuff yeah no, it's really cool so there was a there was a multiplayer version of the game called beautiful joe red hot rumble where you would play through a movie as those people and like different scenes of the movie were the different levels and like you were just trying to get the highest score on each part of the level Wow. So like, so it'd be like you would guys would just be fighting, and then the direct a director would go like next scene, and then the scene would change, and then like he'd go like okay now kill those monsters, and then you and your friends would have to kill the monsters because the director told you to oh, do wow. it. Oh wow! And then whoever killed the most monsters like got the most points for that scene. Then you go to the next scene, and then there's like a boss fight at the end, which is like the climax of this of the whole thing. That's a that's a pretty dynamic way of approaching a like yeah. a multiplayer fighting yeah, game. Yeah, that sounds. Yeah, really it was awesome. a cool game. Oh, man, honestly, I'm getting myself excited. I'm gonna look up some YouTube videos like as soon as we're. Yeah, done they got they got Netplay for that one. Let's run it, yeah, dude. Honestly, we should we should uh, probably emulate that one for the pod. That'd be pretty fun. I, that's. Yeah. I don't know if it's a forgotten game necessarily, but it is. Uh, it's definitely a game from my childhood. I, I hope it's still good if we play it. Um, wait, did you have another one, Chambers? I I feel like I rudely interrupted oh, your a big one. Uh, CSGO 2. Oh, yeah. We haven't talked about... Okay. Are you guys CSGO people? I'm not. Uh, no, dude. I, I've been a console boy my whole life. So I'm I'm, re I'm ready to get my head clicked. <laughs> Wait, so t Timuron, I'm, I did you grow up like Counter-Strike-y, like Counter-Strike PC Cafe, like late 90s, early 2000s guy? No? No, no. I only had consoles growing up, so... I didn't oh, play a lot dang. of like. I would only, I would only play CS. Yeah, CS Source when I'd go to Click and Connect in Rancho Cucamonga. Shout out, doesn't exist anymore. But. <laughs> Every, everyone knew what you were talking about right there. That was crazy. A yeah. lot, hundreds of people <laughs> listening were just like, oh my God, what? Yeah, the one person that's been to Rancho Cucamonga will know. <laughs> um, I grew up with counter-strike like um older brother played it you know producer sam actually yeah. uh played it quite a bit at the pc cafe near our house and i played it a little bit growing up and then obviously over the years i've played every version of it as it's kind of come out and i've definitely had over the years pretty solid csgo stints where like genuinely playing some ranked with the homies like learning the map like learning call outs like trying to really like sweat it out on the game yeah. i did that a lot through college um 
So I love CSGO and I'm very excited for CSGO 2. Did you guys see? Well, I don't know if you like know the game very well, but Smoke did grenades. you see the Yeah, okay. So you're into that. You, even though you've never played the game, you think that's cool. I appreciate what they're doing w- with this game for sure. That, yeah, I, they made a couple announcements. But yes, the smoke grenade mechanic does look pretty awesome for a first person shooter. Timuron, did you see that? No, I haven't. Uh, okay, okay. I'll it give you the like brief chambers. You want to try and hit him? You want you want to try and hit him with a brief summary of like what? Sure, it is? sure. Okay, so I mean, it, this is a, a cool thing for just shooters in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, smoke grenades are a mechanic that are involved in a lot of different um, shooters like Call of Duty, yeah, but yeah. Um, the smoke grenades in CS:GO two are basically going to be dynamic. Where if you shoot a bullet through the like through the smoke, it kind of like creates a, a hole where that bullet is. Or if you throw a grenade, the grenade will blow smoke away. Um, and they're light sensitive as well. So they're, it's actually dynamic smoke that it's affected by the environment. It oh, takes the shape sick. of the room it's in. Yeah. It's yeah. in other words, it's an object, not a particle. If that makes yes. sense. Yeah, no, like, no, yeah. Totally so it's, it's, it looks really cool because it kind of changes the, the way you, it's like, it's a perfect way of updating the game. I and mean, people have already been like exper- like CSGO streamers that mm-hmm. signed up for the testing have already been experimenting with it. To me, it's like the perfect change that everyone can get behind in the CSGO community without co- affecting any sort of core gameplay. Yeah. You know, like it's so cool that like to me, because Valorant's obviously been dominating mm-hmm. the competitive team team shooter for like a, a for several years now, you know, and there's like, so many people that play that game. It's gotten a little out of hand, honestly, with like just characters and like if you watch Valorant gameplay, even compared from like when Valorant first dropped to now, it's just like it's so ridiculous. Like in terms of how many many flashes, there's there's so many flashes, smokes, ultimates. It's like turning into League, literally, like in in that form. And then like CS:GO to compete is like here's CS:GO two. You can if you shoot through a smoke, you can kind of see through it. (laughs) And people are like, fuck yeah, hell yeah, that's sick. And like that's all we needed. It's like this little improvement and like CSGO is like in, you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm so down. I love that. Yeah. Um, all right. Timuron, what else you got? I know you got, uh, you got a couple more here that I'm excited to talk about. Yeah. Uh, this one actually came courtesy of Hot Mickey. So shout out Hot Mickey whenever you listen to this. He dropped the tweet announcement that Ubisoft officially is pulling out of E3 this summer for the 2023 convention. Which is high-key hilarious because I think like just a month ago, they confirmed them like to show up. So unfortunately, it just sounds like a really rough time for E3 these past several years. Um, Because last year, I think it was canceled for 2022 because they said COVID reasons. I think like the new variant was spreading, but when I was digging, it sounded like they were dropping hints that it was going to be canceled regardless. Um, 2021 mm-hmm. was a virtual only event, obviously 2020, we know what happened, pandemic shut down everything, but, and then the years immediately before that though, it sounded like, um, attendance was down. There wasn't as many people showcasing. So Ubisoft pulling out really makes me question if E3 is going to be a thing moving forward after this year. Um, they had a change in uh, company hosting it very recently. It used to be, I think, the Electronic Software Association, which is like a collective of developers and programmers and folks that kind of monitor yeah, the industry. Yeah, now it's ReadPop. Yeah, ReadPop. And I think they do like PAX, Comic-Con, other big scale entertainment events like that. 
So right now, not the best start for them if 2023 is supposed to be their first event. I tried digging and I couldn't find a list of anyone confirmed. I don't know if you Dude, guys might yeah. look, but I did the same thing. Like yeah. literally, because Sony's sad. been out for a while. Microsoft was the only one. N Nintendo's I read. been out. Nintendo's been out. Microsoft, I think, is doing like a back-to-back -back kind of showcase of gaming, and then they're gonna, I think, show off Starfield and have like a Starfield Direct type of deal. But I don't think they're gonna have like a floor presence. I don't think they're gonna be out and about in the convention center. So yeah, like the future of E3 is super up in the air, which is not super surprising, but kind of sad if you've been just following gaming sad. news and just knowing like what E3 was like, even just like 10 years ago. Like I've been to an E3 10 years ago and I thought it was one of the dopest things I've ever been to. But now it's like- Yeah, me too. It's like, yeah, is it even gonna be a thing? Yeah, I mean, I think my take is, this is the logical conclusion for like the last 10, 15 years of like advancing in the way we do these media cycles for video games. You know, like Nintendo has been building up the Nintendo Directs for so long. It was only a matter of time before they're like, hey, yeah. We don't need this anymore. Like, we don't need a big tentpole, like, yearly thing. We can just directly talk to our audience, you know? And then, like, the with the new cycle becoming what it's become in this, like, new sort of internet age, E3, I mean, this is, like, a pretty old-school style of doing it things is. where it's like, hey, let's wait all year to drop this news at one singular time when everybody else is dropping their news so it can get lost in a sea of news and, like, hopefully up, bump our stock in the middle of the summer and like increase our value and all like it doesn't really quite make a lot of sense with the way that companies operate their news cycles these no. days. And I think this is just the logical conclusion where it's like, Hey, if, if they want to talk about Starfield, if they want to talk about like the new, like PlayStation exclusives, they can just own the news cycle for a week and just do a direct pay their own money, rent their own venue, invite all their own media and look good, look as good as they possibly can without having to think about, Oh, Nintendo has a freaking booth over here where they're doing Zelda yeah. right next to me and eating up yeah. my headline on the same week, you know? So E3, it kind of makes sense that it's gone the way it's gone. And um, we picked a rough year to finally apply for media passes. I will <laughs> I say that. So. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking yeah. it might also be economic too, just because everyone's anticipating a recession happening. It's been no secret. Uh, That's the tech true. layoffs have been happening. Yeah. So I imagine it's also just way cheaper to live stream an event from your corporate center or whatever, <laughs> than to send a yeah. ton of people to another location to do all of this. The funny thing is from the sound of it, everyone's gonna do their own thing around the same time. So owning a bit of the news cycle does make sense, but at the same time, they're collectively still announcing around the same block of time, which is also kind of interesting. That's so true. I think I think there is like, they recognize that there's a certain fever pitch that they can hit on during like the mid year, during the summer. Uh, so they probably want to capitalize on that tradition, but I agree. I think for the economic reasons, everything you stated, I think this is just going to be the future of how this news is going to drop. I mean, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Nintendo, Xbox and Sony have at least like some type of live stream announcements like once per season. So yeah, they can yeah. also generate yeah, they more do. consistent buzz for sure. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, think about it like this too, like products, product development and product releases, they just operate differently than they used to, you know, like I, I can't even imagine like, okay, Nintendo does a direct and then they go, Hey, 
super like metroid prime remastered is like out like you oh, can go right. get it they just you know that. like you yeah and like that's awesome like i love that a company has the flexibility to do that these days like that was a surprise to a lot a lot of people you know and that was yeah. really 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 cool and you couldn't do that if you like had to announce it at e3 there would have been leaks like, for sure yeah like you have to put all this yeah. press together for it It has to leave your your purview of your internal company you have to give it to you have to have people travel to make an announcement to do something that big you know and everything something will get leaked along the way and leaks are just everything gets leaked you know so yeah. i think companies keeping things internally and just doing announcements on their own time is the only way to make things surprising and fun and interesting with these release schedules and the, the development of all these things. So, um, yeah, Chambers, what do you what do you think, man? I know yeah, you're an E3 was, fan. Oh yeah, I was gonna ask you, like, if you guys have any like real core memories of past E3s. One of mine is um, when uh, Nintendo dropped Wii music and watching Reggie play and like the flute on a Wii mote with other Nintendo executives. That was. Was a core memory of mine with yeah you. i did I, I did love i mean that's where we got my body is ready on the Wii balance i was gonna board. say this right? yeah <laughs> so, yeah but reggie hasn't been like reggie's not even at nintendo anymore so it's it's no, hard because it's, it's like so many sad. cool personalities that have been around over the years haven't even really been there and it's like you know it hey if reggie's not there i don't want it you know like yeah dude he is e3 <laughs> He was E3. He was E3 for a while, like literally. Was, like it was like, yeah. oh, dude, it's Reggie. Hell yeah. Well, like it's the press conference, you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I remember <laughs> one of my favorite memories. I, I'm struggling to remember if this was specifically E3, but there was like a Square Enix announcement that was made. And like, I don't know if it was a translation thing, but one of the executives said, please be excited. <laughs> he said like here's our oh, new like game here's jeb the thing bush moment. Dude, right please be excited yeah it's like a total jeb bush moment <laughs> and like yeah. it's just it'd it be it's been a meme for a while so just please be i tell people to please be excited occasionally and it always gets a it gets That's like awesome. a really like awkward laugh like uh did he mean that <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. what about you tim ryan any core memory um, any core memories yeah, I got one. I got one just popped like flashing my mind. I remember when they dropped the PlayStation 3 like technology performance trailer and it made it look oh. like there was a there was a remake of Final Fantasy 7 happening like yeah. literally over a decade ago at this point. And people oh, lost yeah. their absolute shit. Yeah. They were like, oh shit, we're gonna get the like Final Fantasy 7 remake like for PS3. And Sony had to like backtrack and be like, no, this was just purely a tech so like showcase. We're not <laughs> making this game. And then you fast forward 10 years and like, oh, I guess we're making the game now. Um, so that, that's probably <laughs> one of my memories outside of Reggie is just yeah. Sony, like really like getting, you know, hyping up the fanboys just to be like, we, that wasn't a thing that we're not doing that. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Um, all right. We got time for one more headline here and then we do have to jump to our, our interview with Zulu, but, um, Timuron, you got the last one, man. Hit us with something cool. Cool. Um, so this probably hasn't come up yet, but I love me some Ninja Turtles. They're like my 80s, 90s IP. And I learned earlier this week that they're adapting the graphic novel Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Last Ronin into a God of War style single player action game. So That's I haven't so read... Cool. It's so sick, sick, dude. Um, like the graphic novel, I think won awards in 2020. I haven't read it, but I know the premise and I know the general story. Um, without spoiling it, essentially, 
yeah, the last pitch it, new- pitch it. Do do. Well, hold on, hold on. Yeah, okay. Let's do a real pitch. Chambers doesn't know what the premise yeah, of the last Ronin. I don't is. know it at all. Let's let's pitch him the premise super hard, and let's try and get him excited about okay. this this one. So Chambers, okay, we're in the future, okay. post apocalypse. Oh. Most of the turtles oh, you know and love are dead except for one, but you don't know which one it is. <gasps> and he's what? out for revenge. Is he? Wait, is he one of the? One of maybe. the OG so, four. So, no, so no. Wow. The so the four. The every there's only one living Ninja Turtle left, Dang. and he wears a black headband. So you don't know which turtle he is. Oh, that's and he he, and he uses all, all the weapons. four weapons. Yeah, so he uses Whoa. a bow staff, nunchucks, scythes, Katana. and swords. Yeah, and that's katanas. So cool. Yeah, so so he's on a journey of like blood and revenge, and it's super gritty. But you don't, you just don't know who it is. So do I get to see a turtle cut someone's head off in this? I really fucking hope so. I hope so. I actually don't know. I, you know what? I'm probably going to check this out now and probably read the whole thing. Just maybe just go out and buy it. Honestly, I'm concerned you're the same. My oldest brother, me and producer Sam's oldest brother, he actually really got into this a couple years ago, and he showed me like the cover, and I read the first few pages, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm definitely like reading this one day. I'm definitely jumping back in after hearing this news. Uh, God of War style, a single player action game with this. That's pretty nuts. Dude, and like Dang. just knowing how bloody and violent God of War like can get, I'm super stoked to see a Ninja Turtle. Yeah. Be Turtle violence. Are you guys into the more recent TMNT like properties, like the, the animated TV show they had and all that stuff? I It's pretty good. Or like years Is ago it? when I was in college watching it, I thought it was great. Yeah. Just the Nickelodeon show, I think it was. The last time it, I consumed. Run? Like CGI. Yeah, but it was good. I thought it had a lot of style. I think I've seen it, some of it, it was, but I think that was in a phase where I wasn't watching as much like kids, like cartoon kid shit. I'm yeah, I'm a sucker for the old shit, dude. Give me like the California surfer turtles that somehow live in New York. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Are you a fan of the um, live action films, like with the Michael like Bay? The Mike- no, 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 not those. God, no. Oh, the, 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 the first 90s ones. ones. <laughs> the yeah, 90s hell ones. yeah, dude. Like, the real, one, the real dude, ones. I remember owning the VHS for number three in particular. Like, my parents, yeah. I think, got it out of fucking, like, garage sale or thrift shop. So I've seen the third one where they time travel back to Japan. Turtles like, in time, dude. Yeah, yeah dude. Oh, my God. Like, where Michelangelo, like, befriends, like, a little, like, Japanese kid, like Yoshi or whatever. Yeah. Like, Yoshi, yeah. Yeah, like, dude, I like, I ate that shit up as a kid. So I've seen that movie dude, way more times than like the other ones, like combined. I completely forgot that Michael Bay made a Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. So here's here's my hot take. They're it. actually no. not yeah. terrible. You just really, kinda, you just kind of have to know what you're getting good. yourself into, but. Like the story is ass and obviously like the CGI is questionable from 10 years ago. But the one thing I can give credit for is you felt like these, the turtles were brothers that got along, but also bickered. So I think like in terms of chemistry, they did a good job within the main cast. Um, Megan Fox aside, because I think she was April O'Neil in the first one. <laughs> Wait, um, she's April? In I think the, she's April I in never the first saw one. Him. Yeah, no, I, wow. the, the biggest things I it's remember were match. like the turtles bickering, but also like gelling, like, the cast they got actually worked pretty well. So they're not bad watches. Like have a few beers, turn off your brain for like two, four hours. If you're going to watch all of them and just chill. Like I enjoy okay. them for what they were, but they're not in the pantheon of like TMNT greats. Okay. Okay. The, the number two is the goat. Cause it has a vanilla ice, uh, oh, yes. club scene. 
it yeah, does they, it does they're that like fighting and they crash into a club and then with vanilla ice on the spot comes up with a ninja turtles rap song and yeah and it's, it's go, ninja, go ninja go ninja go go ninja go ninja go yeah oh hell yeah dude, dude, that song's that was, still fire yeah yeah that's that's a good that's a good one oh, okay i got i got two i got two thoughts on that okay. which is um I, I love the very first Ninja Turtles movie. It's actually pretty dark. Like the first live oh, action yeah. Ninja Turtles movie, like yeah. both literally and like, I mean that like figuratively, it's like a pretty gritty film, you mm -hmm. know? It's like, it's very shadowy. Like it's very dramatic. Like there's like a lot of like, it's just like dark. It's just kind of a dark movie, you know? And then the yeah. third movie is like the most cartoony, campy, yeah. like hilarious thing ever. And I actually wrote a college film essay on the third movie. So Can in I college, we, I had a, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send it. I, oh, yeah. In college, we had um, we had a film class that was called um, Redeeming Bad, and it was a movie where we only watched what people considered to be bad movies. So we watched like Troll Two, we oh, watched Meet God. the Feebles, um, we watched like these horrendous, like hor horrible movies, you they're know. Wrong. And then we just had this. to create essays and write as if we, as if like why they're bad, or if we thought they were actually good, why they're good. You know, and then the final essays of the class, it was a dual essay. It was where you had to take a movie that people considered great and talk about why it was bad. I did Dunkirk Chambers. Um, oh, fuck which, that shit. <laughs> which I actually think is a, good. not a great movie. The movie's not good. And then uh, I did, for my bad movie, I did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, Turtles in Time, which I actually think weirdly is a good movie, or I argue that it was a good movie. Because the movie, for those of you listening, is actually about American hegemony. It's about like America's dominance over Japan because mm. what happens is the turtles switch places with four like samurai feudal yeah. Japan people and they go to New York and they assimilate into American culture. And like Casey's just showing them around and they're playing like at the arcade and That's eating right. pizza by the end of the movie. And then the turtles just completely destroy everything in Japan. Or not destroyed, <laughs> but like they just dominate yeah, these yeah. Japanese, these poor Japanese spree. people. And then there's also like a white guy, like a white colonial guy or like a colonial colonialism like sidebar going on at the whole time where there's like a white general that's taking over Japan too that the turtles then kill but they themselves are also kind of colonizing Japan in a way Damn. as Americans anyway super deep movie doesn't get enough credit for what it did talking about American hegemony so hell yeah I did not expect um, this conversation at the end of this episode. <laughs> you weren't expecting that I, <laughs> wow. I know you weren't expecting that um, let's let's do one last one I actually do want to touch on this topic and then we can kick it over to the interview Timuron this Magic of the Gathering thing, we got to talk about this. Oh, hell yeah. What you want me to say? Yeah, I, did, I, I didn't want the episode to go by without us talking about this. Go ahead and hit us with this headline. So if you're not aware, Magic the Gathering, in general, this entire year, they've been they just been cooking. Every set's been super dope. In the lore, they're hitting their version of like Infinity War and Endgame. Um, but in June... They're kind of completely sidestepping and they're doing the next drop in what they call the gathering universes beyond where they do really cool crossovers with other IP. So in the past, they've done stuff with Dungeons and Dragons, Warhammer. So this June, we're getting the Lord of the Rings drop, dropping for Magic oh, the Gathering. Shit. And I am so fucking juiced. Like... Lucas and Orion will tell you, I probably message them like once a week at least being like, yo, this like, this looks fucking sick. Holy shit. The one ring. <laughs> like, 
Yeah. It, it just looks really good. Um, they're basing it off the books, which I'll admit right now I've never read. They're on they're on my list of things to read, so please don't come at me. But I love the movies. Like, I love the story. I love the movies. And there's just so much good flavor in this set. Like, the different mechanics are very, like, meta with how the Lord of the Rings universe operates. And Lucas, feel free to chime in on, like, some of your favorites. Oh, yeah. Um, but, like, the one ring. Yeah. Like, just starting there. I wanted to talk about that mostly. Like, yeah, go I'll, ahead. I'll let you cook. Talk about the one ring, so, Lucas. Uh, so the this is really cool. So it's we have chambers here. So I wanna I want the audience to be I want chambers to be a vessel. I'm the, for the layman here. Yeah. So <laughs> you are the layman. So basically, what magic is really good at is taking an idea of like taking an idea and mechanically making the idea feel right within the card, wow. right? So they're obviously going to make a artifact card, which is like basically ancient relics that you can use in Magic the Gathering as just like weapons and tools. They made an artifact card called the One Ring. And it's just, it's the ring from Lord of the Rings that Frodo's okay. carrying. And when you play it, you have protection from everything until your next turn. So you play it and it's as if you put on the ring and you cannot be touched oh, for yeah. a full turn. That right? sounds pretty and OP. Then, and then every turn, basically, you can draw cards, but you lose life for every card that you draw. And every turn, you draw more cards, but you lose more life. So the first turn, you can play it. You draw one card, lose one life. Next turn, you play it, draw two cards, lose two life. So the ring will eventually kill you, but you're drawing a lot of cards in, oh, wow. like, as trading it off for that kind yeah. of thing. And then the other cool thing that they're doing is they're releasing alternate art for it. So there's like three no. different versions, four different versions of the ring, including a copy of the ring with its own special art that is one of one minting. So it Jesus. is there is going to be one version of the one ring that will exist somewhere out there in the world in a pack that is the only version of it that exists. Golden it literally ticket. says one of one on it. It's actually more rare than a golden ticket though, because yeah, there were the, five of those. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's pretty nuts. Um, it's not like the, you can still get the card. It's just this particular version that like the, it's not even in English. It's like it's an in, alternate. It's in the black speech. So whatever the Rin speeches of Sauron, like in Mordor, yeah. like it's in that writing. Okay. Yeah. So it's the it's the script on the actual ring. And oh wow. Chambers, do do me a favor. Just Google it real quick. I'm and look okay. up look up the art real quick. Or hang on. I actually think um, I want to find it because I'm not sure if you'll find the exact art. But I'd be curious to hear your particular take on like this as an as the resident art guy on here. I'm the art guy. Yeah. By the way, everybody, Chambers is the art guy. He actually I went to art school. In he actually did go to art school. So I just linked it. Chambers in the Discord. Click right, on I'm that, and I want to hear your live reaction as the vessel layman. Oh, I like it. Uh, I yeah. I feel like I'm reading Arabic. Uh, <laughs> it looks it looks really cool though. Um, the colors are really nice. There's like a nice little rainbow going across it. I it, this card looks like it's it's special, knowing nothing okay. about uh, this pack or anything like that. Um, they I mean. You can't even I want read some what it does. No, I, I don't. I don't read Arabic, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it it looks special. Um, uh, yeah. All right. Nice. We got your approval I, for it. I will say um, I don't play Magic, but from what I'm hearing about this, and then the the D and D 
right? They did a D and D. They did collection. a D and D crossover set. Yeah, yeah. they out of any like video game, board game, whatever. Like they seem to put a lot more care into like their collaborations and how they integrate licenses into their game more than like any other game that I've seen. Um, they're not just more, really more sl- than Fortnite. You mean? Yeah, yeah. Although the when they did Dragon Ball Z, that was pretty hype with the um, you could Kamehameha people and stuff. But uh, <laughs> like it, they really think about the license they're taking on and integrating m- mechanics that actually have to do with that license, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I think current estimates for this particular card already are close to like ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollars from what I'm looking at on just people on reddit you know oh um, shit i mean they're gonna sell so many packs <laughs> right i mean timuron i'm buying a i'm buying a collector's box for this just just to go like box? hey fuck it huh you're buying a full collector's box i mean why not bro i can i have just as much oh, of a chance just, as getting just the so one the audience anybody. knows a uh, full collector's box is retailing like 440 on pre-order right now just throwing it out yeah but you there, make like, your money back if you find the one ring that's an investment that's true. But if you don't find the one ring, you <laughs> yeah, might feel kind of silly. I'm not gambling. This is an investment. I, I can stop this. This is in blackjack. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, I'm considering right, the same thing. So. <laughs> I'm on the any, any final takes? Any final takes on that one, Timuron? I'm just so fucking high for this set, dude. Um, Discord, be prepared for me to just share a bunch of random Lord of the Rings magic shit as we get closer because it's going to be a good time. You might not see yeah. or hear from me for a good month. <laughs> so it'll morning. be great. It'll be great. Um, awesome. Well, guys, you know, thank you so much for uh, being on here today and talking uh, topical news. I think we got into some really fun topics here. Um, yeah. I legitimately, when I saw the note sheet and I saw the last Ronin video game adaption, I, I got pretty hyped I, before we hit record. So I just want the audience to know that. So thank you, Timuron, for breaking yeah, that no news problem. here. Um, we are, thanks for playing podcasts and, uh, if people wanted to find you guys online, Timron, where would they find you online? Gee, golly, gosh. Um, if you have a Twitter, you could find me at Hyalet846, where I sometimes share random shit. But if you want to talk to me, talk to me. I highly encourage folks to get on the Discord, which I'm sure our wonderful Lucas will give directions on how to get access to that Discord. I will. But first, Chambers, where could, we, where could the good people online find you? Uh, hit me up on IG at no.pistols, um, or you can hit me up on Discord. Um, I'm, in, I'm in our Discord, Nutting in Paris. Um, <laughs> let's run Rocket League uh, or anything else. I'll download it. Fuck it. All right. Awesome. Uh, I am at Good Idea Lucas on Instagram and on Twitter, and I am TFP Odysseus on Twitch. I'll be streaming some Magic the Gathering Arena here and there. Hit me with that follow. Uh, this is uh, Thanks for Playing Podcast. That's TFP Podcast with an S at the end on all of our socials. Um, feel free to check out our website, thanksforplaying.live. That's where you can find links to all of our socials and our Discord. Uh, read some articles, stay a while, and uh, thank you so much for listening. And now we're going to kick it over to an interview with Zulu, who at one point was the number one ranked warlock in World of Warcraft. Here we go. (laughs) 
right, guys, we are here with Matherin Langley, a.k.a. Zulu, the warlock whose current claim to fame was being the number one warlock in the world for about six hours. Matherin, how you doing? I am fantastic. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for thanks for joining us uh, this yeah, fine evening, man. Uh, um, for those of you that don't know uh, Zulu or Matherin, he's he's a fan of the pod. I've known him for, geez, how long have we known each other now? Seventh 20, grade, however however long ago that 15, was. 15, six, 16 years almost, quite a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we've been playing WoW together r- roughly that amount of time. I think 2008, 2009 is kind of when we started, Wrath of Lich King That era. sounds about right, because we, we started with RuneScape, and then that naturally evolved into WoW. Of course, of course. A little there's a Maple Story stint in there at a certain point, but that's true. Uh, we, That's we true. We did play that. a lot of Maple Story. Yeah, we played Maple Story <laughs> for like you know, like everybody for like three months. Yeah, yeah. MMO to MMO. Um, okay, I'll hit you with my first question, dude. What is your favorite video game and why? I know it's probably a stupid question considering the context oh, here. I mean, man, I feel like I can't say anything other than the game I have the most playtime in because you know, by definition, you would think that would be my favorite game. But yeah, it has to be WoW. It's like not even close. All right, awesome. I, that's why I, I'm, I'm throwing you a meatball here. That's an easy pitch to hit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to I wanna, uh, hit you at this one. So you've been playing WoW since 2009. You seriously started raiding around 2014, um, give or take. And so what, what brought you to WoW in the first place? Obviously, you mentioned our history with RuneScape and MMOs, but what made you take it more seriously around 2014? That's a, hmm, okay, that's a good question. Yeah, so I, I got into WoW mainly just for like the classic rpg elements being able to pick a class having a a a rich talent system um and then on top of that wow came with this work this like crazy huge world where knowledge in it was valuable and and would help with certain things so we played casually for a long time i think it took us a while to hit level cap um in wrath and i like did some pug raids like and for people who don't know pug raids are like just public you you join a group and you just sort of cross your fingers that people are good um so <laughs> i did a lot of that in wrath too. they're usually just the, the the highest quality of people on the <laughs> internet um so i did that for a while and then honestly i did enough of those where i was like why am i wasting my time here like i i feel like i'm playing with people with you know two fingers or you know, I, they're playing with a, a foot pad or like a DDR pad or something. So uh, I started looking for guilds, and the hard thing was that guilds wanted you to. It was like the whole, how do I get a job if I need experience and I don't have any experience? Um, so I joined sort of this crapper. Uh, what, what were they called? They're called weekend weekend warriors. warriors. That was I remember weekend that warriors. We used to make fun yeah, of that yeah. name a lot. Oh my god, and they really were that, dude. Um, and so I started raiding with them a little bit, and, and getting to know the fights, and not really doing the, the hard content, and then I got to a point where, um, the, the end game in WoW is, is raids, um, and they are, these days they're like 20 people, and you just fight a boss. It's, it's not similar to Dark Souls, but in the difficulty level is the only similarity there. Um, and you can do easy, medium, or hard, and hard is like, is mythic um what used to be heroic back in the day and it was it's just insane like you're playing dark souls but with 19 other people and everyone has jobs they need to do and on top of the job you need to do you need to do like your basic class stuff like doing damage or healing or tanking um so it just gets it gets insane the level coordination is insane and that was what really became attractive to me was like oh man like this is this is actually really hard like i have to spend hours and hours with a group of people to just get this boss down um so similar to, to um, 
uh, organized sports and that like you just have a group and you have a common goal and everyone's trying to work towards that goal. That's really satisfying when you get there. Right, right. Okay, I'm glad you brought up the organized sports thing because I got a, I got a stat for uh, for the stat heads out there that are listening to this podcast um, that that want to know more about you. Um, you played quarterback senior year in high school, set records, mm-hmm. and you also are a two time basketball state championship for five A in the state of Oregon. Correct. Is that correct. Yep. Okay. So, all right. So my first question is is this. Hitting number one, I want to talk about what hitting number one as a warlock actually means by the definition. I think a lot of our audience wants to, you know, actually know what that that actual definition is. But hitting number one, was that like throwing a touchdown pass or was that like hitting like the bounce out free throw off the heezy like to lob it in for like or to lay it up and like beat (laughs) high school in in Um, What, what was that like? I mean, all of those are good, are are very uh, pleasurable experiences if you're on the, you know, the positive end of that. But um, it's more like a, uh, uh, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a world record, but not as serious because it's, it's extremely fluid. Like whoever's the best is very dependent on the patch at that time. Who, you know, did you just get buffed? Um, did you get a bunch of like external buffs? Like it's, it's sort of this like loose definition. So it's more of like a, a record that you can kind of look at and go, Oh man, that was really cool for, for that point in time. Cause it just, it just kind of right. shows that to, to even be number one for any number of time, you have to play your class pretty much perfectly. Like it's not anything tool assisted, like those tool assisted speed runs. Um, uh, but you're playing about as optimally as you could possibly play with some RNG thrown in there. So, so when you say number one, we're talking about damage. Uh, you want to run through just kind of what that looks like in terms of like output um, in a raid on a certain week uh, during a given fight. Yeah. So uh, there are a bunch of DPS classes, just like you know most games out there, and everybody, every class does damage in sort of a different style. Um, so some people are like really bursty. Some people do a lot of damage to big groups of mobs. Some people do a lot of single target damage. Um, and the cool thing about WoW is that all of the damage classes, you have a ton of cust- like customizability. There's obviously the best, like the theoretical best route or best uh, profile you could be running or loadout. Um, but doing damage is essentially that you you are executing your what's called your rotation which is sort of these bi- these these spells that build up a resource and then you have skills that spend a resource so it's this mm-hmm. it's this like juggle or flow of you know i'm i'm building up resources right now because i know a, a mob's about to spawn and i can you know cleave off of the mob onto the boss too and get like a bunch of damage here so it's like you're always trying to match your damage profile and how your class does damage with that fight at the time and that's the cool thing about wow is like from fight to fight from boss to boss there's wildly different like they have council bosses where you're fighting four bosses all at once that they call like kind of a meat grinder fight where they're all standing next to each other and people are just blowing their load the whole time because <laughs> you're just you're you're just trying to do as much damage as possible um and there's single target bosses where like you have there is a a, a very um simulated way to play and that, that's something that you sort of have to touch on with wow is that the community tools for wow are unparalleled yeah i wanted to any other that game for sure yeah because we got sims right now obviously we have things like wowhead um i mean guilds streamers youtubers basically figuring out how to optimize everything I know that's what you really, really love about WoW. Yeah. Um, 
So um, one thing on Thanks for Playing, I know you've been listening to the podcast for quite a while. One thing is we play a lot of single player games for the most part. Uh, Matt and I, you know, obviously we play multiplayer games just in our free time, but the the main games we review are single player games. And WoW is not only the complete opposite of a single player game, but the way it's now developed is is even further away from any game that we play in that in the most recent expansion, Dragonflight, a lot of what built this game was community feedback. Um, so I wanted to ask your opinion on kind of the state of Dragonflight, how Blizzard with its community feedback sort of methodology in developing this game, how that's led to what you would consider to be a better expansion currently. Yeah, it's it's so hard talking about, because WoW is a really old game. Like we're talking 2003 being developed, it was probably being developed 2001, 2002, and it's it comes the off the Warcraft. Game currently being played. Like, yeah, honestly. that's still relatively mainstream. I mean, it still has, uh, you know, Blizzard doesn't release numbers anymore, like subscriber numbers, but, you know, you can kind of extrapolate from the data and how much, how many uh, people are doing the endgame content. And so the guess is like 2 to 3 million people right now, wow. which is crazy for a game that's 20 years old, 22 or whatever. Um, so there have been a lot of different development philosophies that have kind of come and go. And in recent years, they've just they've pumped out expansions on a very rigorous schedule regardless of the state of the game so like the joke is that a lot of people feel like they are uh, blizzard's qa because the first patch is usually kind of garbage and then the <laughs> second patch is really stabilized and that's where the game is is, is pretty solid um but uh currently dragonflight they did i a uh, blizzard blizzard bought out a, another studio i can't remember what the studio's name was but they bought like a hundred devs and brought them onto Dragonflight and just completely added to their to their um, uh, their staffing and their resourcing and it and it shows in the game because they were able to get a lot more done. There's a lot of cool quests that have no end game value whatsoever. They're just there to provide story and um, setting context. I mean, there are little side quests that are like ex- they are emotionally damaging if you do the whole thing. Um, so it's just. I mean, it's it's great top to bottom. The end game is has for WoW has always been sort of the focus, so it's been really solid. I don't think rating in any other game is is even close to WoW. I mean, Final Fantasy is probably up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard that quite a bit. Yeah, I, I know people really love the Final Fantasy style, um, but it's just yeah, Dragonflight. You can tell they iterated on a ton, and they took in a lot of community feedback. They reworked the talent system, and it's way more in depth. And that took a lot of um, uh, tinkering on the on the community side and a lot of uh, iteration on the disc you can just tell like things have been kind of fleshed out there's obviously problems there's, it's not a perfect expansion by any means right, but uh right. it's encouraging to see a hey tell us what you think instead of no 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 this is what we think good luck yeah <laughs> the um the developer that we're thinking of is um proletariat a boston-based developer that had developed a game called spellbreak um, so right. they had, it was about a hundred person staff that had moved into, uh, developing Dragonflight. And I think it, I think it really shows. I mean, for me personally, I talk about it on the pod, I, I really love Dragonflight. I think it's been my favorite expansion, um, that I've played in a while. I haven't played every single expansion. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's really fantastic. Like a, a great reimagining of how big a WoW expansion physically can be. Like the physical mm-hmm. world of Dragon Isles is it's huge. huge. And um, one thing that's really cool that uh, I picked up on is like, you skip over so much of what's on the ground when you're questing through the main quest line. And there's just so many little Easter eggs just on the ground, like in a little oh, it's cave. Crazy. I remember I was um, I was going around um, Waking Isles and I went into this cave that you never would have been to in regular questing. I don't even think there's a side quest for it, but Mm -hmm. there's just a dead dragon and there's just three people and like their names are like dragon skinners. 
so they're just there. They just kill the dragon and they're about to skin it. You could just kill them and get a rare item. And it was like, not a quest. <laughs> it was just like a cool rare item. It's just like the new expansion is filled with stuff like that, which is awesome. Um, IGN gave Dragonflight a 7 out of 10 after 40 hours of play, roughly. Do you agree with this? Hey, we, we take those, baby. But I guarantee, <laughs> I guarantee you, I guarantee you they're not doing high-end Mythic Plus. They're not doing rating, obviously. Like, they're, they're playing through the story. I mean, it takes, what? Uh, I don't know, 12 to 16 hours to hit, like, max level. So they already hit max level, did a lot of quests. Maybe, you know, did all the dungeons on normal. Um, but where WoW is really fun is is in the, like, really difficult endgame. At least at least for me, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, um, I thought you were going to be more angry about that 7 out of 10, because I think they gave Shadowlands an 8 out of 10. What? <laughs> okay, there we go. There's the upset. How does that make any sense? <laughs> yeah, Dude. I gotta, I, let me confirm that while you're answering the next question. But, yeah, I think uh, I recall them giving it a higher score. I have um, a bone to pick on that one. Yeah. For sure, yeah. <laughs> we'll come we'll come back to that one. We'll come back to that one. So yeah, yeah. Um, I want to switch gears here real quick. Uh, I saw you about two weeks ago, and mm-hmm. in front of my eyes, you hit 99 ranged in RuneScape. Um, I gotta say, my whole world felt very lifted in that moment. I, I My jaw was on the floor. I just didn't even say, <laughs> I don't even notice. I didn't say anything. I was just like, whoa, right? Now, hitting 99 in RuneScape, is that like throwing the touchdown pass? What would you equate that for? In yeah, sports? yeah, that's probably yeah, that's probably like a touchdown pass, I guess. It's it's um, I don't know. It's probably like a you know a last game of the year that you needed to win win kind of thing. Like not 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 super uncommon, but they happen. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. What now? Walk us through your RuneScape methodology for training. Are you playing WoW while playing RuneScape? Are you doing chins? Are you like woodcutting while playing WoW? What's going on there? Um, see, that's the beauty about RuneScape is like they have so many skills and people have a vested interest or there's a huge interest in being able to play RuneScape with not, without really playing it. Like it's their AFK methods where it's like, you know, you're away from keyboard for the most part. So you just kind of, you click on something and your character does something repetitive for a while, maybe you know, two, three minutes, and then you click again in two, three minutes. Um, so there's always stuff like that to do. Um, so yeah, sometimes I'll pull it up if I'm playing WoW, but usually I'm, I'm raiding and I just do not have... Like if yeah, my if my wife comes space. in to talk to me, she could tell by the way my eyes are glazed over and just calculating. There's yeah, there's no there's no space. The <laughs> yeah. ram the ram is full, baby. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you brought up that that aspect of things. So you're you're a fairly new father, um, mm-hmm. married, have a house, um, doing your your adult thing. Now I've heard you describe raiding in WoW as um, it's like a it's like a softball like an adult softball league, right? It's like a one night thing. Yeah, it's like a re- yeah, it's thing. like a rec league thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, run us through and maybe like break through some of these stereotypes that still persist about like wow nerds, you know, South Park make love not Warcraft thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, what? great episode. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, everyone loves that. Even wow nerds love that episode, even though it's about them. Um, what about the current wow player? I know like the average age of a wow player is like you know thirty plus. Yeah, dads, family, people. You know, what is it now? Um, like, would you say that there's a healthier relationship with the game for the player base? Would you say that there's still no lifers, or are we kind of approaching a balance and things feel pretty good? Oh, it's definitely unhealthy. Like, don't get me <laughs> wrong. It it is it is leaning hard into unhealthy. But there are a lot of dads. There are a lot of people that like you know they grind through their day, and at, at the end of the day at 9 p.m. or whatever, they can sit down for a couple hours, and and WoW will be really satisfying. So at least, um, you know, for, for rating, for people that don't know, it's it's an organized activity. Like, you schedule a time during the week, 
everybody hops on. You sort of just trust and communicate on, on Discord or whatever. Um, who's going to be on at that time? And if you're going to if you're going to be out, um, attendance is sort of a thing because you know when you're working on a really hard boss, like the last boss of Shadowlands, Mythic Jailer, took my guild like two months to Jeez. to finish that. Like we just that's all we did Tuesday Thursday for like two months. It was probably six weeks or so. Um, I can't remember how, how many pulls we had or how many tries, but it was in like it was more than two hundred. Um, I want to wow. say it was close to like three fifty or something. Like you and the and sometimes you get into the fight like five minutes and then you and then you wipe you die and it's like okay well try again. So you know these are these are serious these are serious these are serious so nerds. Serious nerds, and if you get deep into a fight and like one of your healers leaves, it just obliterates you because it's like, oh, okay, well they had these cooldowns that they were pressing at these minutes, and you're losing weeks of muscle memory because it's very much that. Like you're, you're, it's called progression because you master one element of the boss, and then you get now you get a new uh, ball thrown to you that you have to juggle, and so you sort of get this flow of like, okay, I should be here at this time, I should be here at this time, um, to be to be optimal, um, and so it's just losing somebody or somebody who's inconsistent is extremely punishing um gotcha. for, for the whole group yeah um but yeah i want to ask about uh your guild real quick so the name of your guild is gluten intolerance on, <laughs> on spire stone baby <laughs> so run us through the quick history of gluten intolerance um i know you got um somebody that streams <clears throat> you guys can uh, you know your polls and your tries can be watched um you know what's what's the guildy life like? Yeah, our uh, our Death Knight streams Grady White. I think he's the GM. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's the GM, a uh, guildmaster. Um, he streams on Twitch. It's you know Grady G R A D Y and then White W H I T E. We'll um, put a plug in the Discord and and on the Instagram and stuff like that for him. He streams all of our. Uh, yeah, he streams our progression. Super funny guy. Um, ton of fun to play with. Um, but for the most part, I think everyone in the guild knows we're like in real life friends and they have a bunch of like get togethers pretty, pretty frequently, but it's really a bunch of people from California, a few from Oregon, Washington, and then a bunch of Canadians for people that don't know Canadians love. Wow. I think cause it's so goddamn <laughs> cold up there that they just have nothing else to do. Caribou uh, and wow. That's, that's caribou and wow. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. They're always, yeah. They're, they're always yeah. like they're always talking about these colloquial jokes that I don't get and like making fun of towns in Canada. And I'm like, guys, no, like get that out of here. Um, any yeah, no, it, it's a ton of fun. Any, any like planning on attending any building meetups in the near uh, future? This, there was a wedding recently, but I, I joined, uh, about a year ago now. So I, I haven't seen anybody or met anybody in person yet, but I, I would really like to. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. But yeah, they're um, super fun to play with. Super fun. I, uh, I got a few more for you. Um, mm -hmm. So you play a warlock class. For those of you that don't, for those that don't know, um, you're not a healing class. You're not a tanking nope. class. You're actually a very selfish damage dealing class. Uh, yeah. What is the biggest stereotype about warlocks? Uh, that we're always crying about buffs. That's probably that's probably the Why big one. Why would you one. cry about a buff, dude? Because when your class sucks and you're sweating it out hard, you know that meme of that guy just sweating and and pounding on his keyboard. <laughs> yeah, um, I love that one. There are times where like. For Warlocks, they, they have a lot of damage over time abilities. So their damage profile is, I'm going to throw a bunch of dots on you or spells that tick over time and have timers. And then I'm going to like do this consistent drain soul thing. So you're, it's like spinning plates. And so you're spinning plates, and then you're also trying to do the boss, and you can't let any of your dots fall off because you can kind of overlap them and keep them rolling. And the longer they roll, the more damage they do. So it's really punishing. Um, and so when you do that, and then you're mediocre and you're doing less damage than someone who presses two buttons for for six minutes, you're pissed. It feels awful. 
Um, and then the other thing is that warlocks can't do anything other than damage. So if they can't do good damage, then what is the point? Right. Um, but we do cry a lot, that's for sure. Your demon can taunt. You got that going for you. Uh, I don't charm. know when that's ever, I don't know when that's ever been useful for me. <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna hit you with another, another class question here. Um, mm -hmm. I actually don't know the answer to this, so I have not. I, I'm I'm gonna be just as surprised as our audience here. Which class do you see, and you just you're just you just shake your head and you just say a nerd is playing that class. I hate this class. I'd never <laughs> I'd never roll this class. What is it? Um, probably hunter man. Oh. <laughs> That's a great answer. Uh, I hate, I hate hunters so much. They're so dumb. The, just the people that play them. They, for reference, hunters can in WoW you can't move and cast. That's like a hard rule. Except for hunters, so they can run around and constantly be doing their casts. And but but then they complain about when they have to do mechanics that are like require them to move. And it's like okay, well you you don't lose anything for moving. Everyone else loses something, and they just whine. Oh, I hate hunters. <laughs> God, what's, what's the who's the most powerful class right now? Would you say in PvP? Uh oh, in PvP, I'm not sure. People have been complaining about demon hunters for a while. I know they've been busted. Um, and PvE for like raiding, it's Death Knights. Death Knights are sneaker busted. Like really? Grady White, or the guy who streams. You'll be hearing us on Discord talk about how hard a fight is, and he just doesn't have to do anything because he's a Death Knight. He just presses a button. He's immune to like all movement BS, and he just walks forward. It's so lame. <laughs> I definitely want to check out some of the the streaming. It's uh, Grady. What is it? What is uh, your GM? Grady White. Grady White. Grady White. Is Grady White getting bigger on Twitch or just streaming for for the fans out there? Um, he he streams for people who used to raid in the guild but don't, but they're still around and want you know want to keep tabs on the progress. Um, and like when I first joined, that's how I, um, cause I, I, I was on the bench to start with. Um, mm -hmm. I would watch their progression on stream just so I could sort of get like mental reps. Yeah. Nice. So I got a, a few more questions for you then we could, uh, we could let you go here. Yeah, yeah. What is your most unpopular wow opinion? Hmm. Unpopular wow opinion. Oh man. I man, I can't think of anything that's like controversial that I can think of. The um, game's perfect. I mean, it's not perfect. I would like to see you can you can when you can tell that a developer made something. Excuse me, made something without playing it or like playtesting it. You can tell where it's like, yo, this is not fun. <laughs> like I just did, I did this for two minutes and it's not fun. For instance, uh, for Warlocks recently, and uh, this is the best example I have. They had some ability where it's like you put up, you, you cast six spells, and each spell has a different timer. And so when I'm playing, I have timers on my on my HUD, so I know when they're about to run out and I can refresh them. And then Blizzard said, "Hey, we know you like timing things, so we got you a timer to time your timers." So there's a, another ability that lasts six seconds, which is like another plate you have to spin super fast. And it, it ma I did it for one raid night, and it made me so angry. I don't have Twitter. <laughs> I don't have any social media. I legitimately made a Twitter account, just some BS Twitter account, <laughs> so and tweeted the Warcraft devs. I tweeted <laughs> the Warcraft devs, and I was like, there's no way any of you played this. There's no way, because it's not 
It's so unfun. It's unbelievable. And then fast forward four weeks later, and they extended the duration. So instead of six seconds, it's like eight or ten seconds now. It's like, okay, that's, that is much better. But y- y- you done... You done messed up. <laughs> well, we managed to get that unpopular opinion uh, yanked out oh, right there. So I, got, yeah, I can tell yeah, you, you got yeah. pretty hot right now. You got to cool off. Yeah, cool it off. was right. horrible. I'll, I'll hit you with one more. Um, so what's what's next for gluten intolerance? Are you guys looking to be world first? Are you guys trying to go pro? What's going on? No, in the in the rating scene, um, guilds are sort of categorized based on the the time the number of times they raid per week. So there's this like crazy sweaty guy who hops in and he's a he's a friend of the guild who is like top US five. Um and he's insane, but they raid five days a week for like full time job. Two months. It's a full time job. It's it's insane. It's 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 more than a full time job. It's probably like seventy hours a week. Um but that's Jeez. uh so so you get categorized based on how often you raid. We we're a two day guild, so we just raid Tuesday, Thursdays. Um so six hours a week, which is still, you know, a uh, you know, uh, a significant amount of time. Um, so we just try and clear the raid on the hardest difficulty as quickly as we reasonably can. Um, so right now we're going to kill Kurog this week, and then we'll be halfway through the raid. We'll be four out of, or no, we'll be five out of eight mythics. So we'll have three bosses left. Nice, nice. Okay, so, progressing, yeah. progressing pretty well there. Nice. Keep us mm-hmm. updated, man, in the in the Discord and uh, hit us with hit some of those. Uh, links oh, for sure. Twitch for the, uh, for the, the last ones. boss. The last boss will probably take us a uh, month, month and a half. Dang. That's nuts. It's, it's insane. That's yeah. nuts. Um, and by the way, they did give Shadowlands an eight, and uh, Dragonflight is a seven out of ten. So, just wanted to leave you with that. <laughs> I I I hate whoever wrote that. <laughs> uh, well, cool man. Uh, I I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, I, you know, honestly, yeah, I learned course. a lot about just sort of the culture behind you know raiding and and guilds and stuff like that. And I've always kind of heard this like offhand you know when we're playing the game or you're just talking about right. we most just everyone knows you know me and Matherin mostly do like dun- regular dungeons or pvp like we mess around and just yeah. like kind of troll and just like catch up drink and laugh you know like what you just described for 30 minutes is serious basically like semi-serious very sweaty my pro yeah. like very sweaty stuff you know oh but, i changed my shirt after <laughs> like <laughs> have a it, good shower i'm sweating oh yeah. yeah oh yeah it's it's sweaty it, don't get me wrong I love that. I love that. Um, well, cool, man. Thank you very much. Um, you just uh, we got gluten intolerance. That's the guild name. Uh, we plug in the Twitch stream on uh, our Discord and in our social media accounts. But, dude, thank you very much for jumping on. Appreciate it, of course. Thanks for playing. Is a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Sammy Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Roll Call Bunch, Red Circle, 